Um, so feeling like I have to represent an entire, the entire city, the black boys, the young black boys, the young black people, all these backslashes, um, has been a thing. Um, but the way I'm trying to combat that is by being specific about who I am as Nasra. Thank you for tuning into this special episode of I Don't Get It. Um, I'm Fonda, and we're, of course, proud to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. This episode is special because we recorded it live as a part of a salon session at the Chinook Series. Um, so we were there with an incredible panel of artists, um, Chris Dodd of the Sound Off Festival, Marinia Fakech, a choreographer from Poland who now lives in Edmonton, uh, Nasra, former poet uh, youth poet laureate, of Edmonton uh, and founder of Black Arts Matter uh, and Canadian theater legend Alan Morgan, um, who uh, who I recall seeing years ago as part of the Overcoat um, and studies in motion with the electric company. So it was kind of it was pretty special to sit here with all these artists um, because it is a live event. You will notice uh, at the ATB Arts Barns, which is basically just like a big old concrete uh, lobby, uh, you will you will notice a little bit of d- a difference in sound quality from our usual episodes. But I hope you still enjoy the conversation. Um, and with that, um, we'll 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 leave it to the panel. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this discussion here at Chinook Series. Uh, Today we are talking on lived experience and making art. My name is Fonda and I'm the producer of I Don't Get It. It's a podcast about performances in Edmonton. And the podcast is also a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. And we're especially thrilled to be here in the ATB Arts Barns tonight because incidentally, the Alberta Podcast Network is also powered by ATB. So let's love our sponsors, everyone. They're important. (laughs) Um, I'm with some fantastic special artists here today to talk about this subject and their work Uh, and I'm going to introduce them individually and as I do I will ask each a short starter question of what is a favorite piece of audience feedback that you've received about your work Um, so I will go through these introductions now and then we'll hear we'll start hearing their voices um, so right beside me here, um, Alan Morgan. Some yeah. <laughs> Some highlights of Alan's career include performances in London, Adelaide, Australia, Wellington, New Zealand, and San Francisco, all with The Overcoat. He appeared for several seasons at Bard on the Beach, notably in The Tempest as Prospero. He has toured across Canada with The Electric Company in Studies in Motion, where some of us may recall he ran jiggling across the stage at the Citadel, Stark naked. My word. Yeah. <laughs> Jiggling was his word. I stole it when I read Liz Nichols' preview. <laughs> um, he has appeared at the Belfry in The Drawer Boy and I Am My Own Wife, for which he received the Victoria Critics Award for Best Performance. And he's here at Chinook um, presenting I Walk the Line, of which there will be a performance right after this. Yeah. So, so we'll let him go early. <laughs> All right. So thank you, Alan. Um, Chris Dodd is an Edmonton-based deaf performing artist, playwright, and Governor General Innovation Award finalist. He is the founder and artistic director of Canada's National Theatre Festival dedicated to the deaf performing arts, Sound Off, which we're all experiencing here. 
Um, he is an artistic associate and playwright in development with Workshop West, and his performing, cre performing credits include Deffy at Summerworks, Queen Serafina and the Land of Vertebrate with Saskatoon's Sum Theatre, Gravity with Theatre Yes, and Ultrasound at Theatre Pasmarai. And in the most exciting recent news, he is the recipient of the Guy La Liberté Prize for Innovation and Creative Leadership by the Canada Council of the Arts. Yay. All right, Marinia Fekech is a Polish dancer, performer, choreographer, teacher, and producer based in Edmonton, where she has been part of a residency program and creative incubator with the Good Women Dance Collective. She first came to Canada a few years ago, at first to Calgary, where she collaborated with the WNM Physical Theatre Dance Company, and she has been a choreographer, or she has been a choreographer for the Alberta Dance Festival in Calgary. And in 2017, um, she has collaborated on works with Davida Monk and Sasha Ivanochko. Um, and here at Chinook, she is presenting a work called Marinia's House of Awkward Pleasure, which I love the title of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Nasra uh, is a queer Muslim Oromo creator based in Amesquichi, here and colonially known as Edmonton, on Treaty 6 territory. Nasra acts as director and founder of Black Arts Matter, Alberta's interdisciplinary interdisciplinary black arts festival, also part of the Chinook series here, and was a former youth poet laureate of Edmonton. Uh, Nasra's hard work centers the freedom of black indigenous peoples everywhere. Nasra was also recently awarded the new work, uh, the new work award with the Good Women Dance Collective. So congratulations to Nasra on that. All right, Nasra, how about you start us off? We're gonna do what that. was what is a favorite piece of audience feedback that you've received about your work? Um, I I've heard different iterations of this, and it makes me feel warm things every time. Um, that uh, I create some type of time warp or vortex when I um, share my poems. Uh, something that takes people somewhere else, and then yeah, I'm done, and there's a question of where are we in time or space, and I love that. Beautiful, yeah. great. All right, Marinia, your turn. <laughs> that is the recent uh, piece which I make, Marinia's House of Awkward Pleasure. <laughs> Some people said that they first time see that someone sing from the vagina, <laughs> or which I like this feedback it was that the show like my piece was so weird that they couldn't keep up what else will happen <laughs> great I, weird, weird feedback is great too always <laughs> Chris well I've been called an asshole. <laughs> 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 I was feedback for when someone did, but to be clear, it wasn't me who was the asshole. They were calling my character the asshole. Mm -hmm. So I was feedback about that specific character, not really my performance. Well, can burn my performance, but the opinion of me, I was an asshole. So it was that interesting, but I take it in a positive way. All right, all right. We've already hit the explicit, um, the explicit warning on Apple Podcasts, so it's great. <laughs> but, but. 
Uh, I'm going to go sort of a, a, a warmer route. Um, the play that I'm doing here, I Walk the Line, is about a strike that I was involved with. And um, it involved many women who worked as clerks and secretaries in a union. And uh, last night, a woman who worked for a union, the union that I talk about, was here. And she greeted me at the end in tears. And she said, you told my story. Wow. Oh, that's beautiful. Pretty good. <laughs> that's good. That's good stuff when you get the tears coming. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> uh, so I, I would like to start out about asking each of you about a recent work that you've done that kind of touches on this topic of lived experience and art making. Um, and so even if it's their, your show that you're doing here, I think that's appropriate. So Alan, maybe how about we start with you? Okay. I'll talk about the show I'm doing here. Both of, I've written two shows. One of them is about pride, and uh, that's called Pride for the Young Gay, the Ungay, and the Jaded Queen in All of Us. And that's definitely my lived experiences. But this one is also about um, a point in my life where I was working for a union. I had taken a job. My brother got me. And um, I was kicked out. Uh, we were on strike for 132 days or something like that. And this, so this is the experience. I wanted to write about it. It was devastating, uh, the experience. It uh, left me flat on my ass. There I said it. Um, afterwards. And this piece, we'll talk about it later, but um, so I wrote this play and uh, it's great because it's uh, lifted me up and lifted those up who were wronged and maligned in that uh, situation. Mm -hmm. Thank great. you. Yeah. Chris, how about an experience of yours that you've used to create, create work from? Well, my recent work is called Death. And that's a storytelling play. It takes a lot of different stories, some from, some from say, or deaf experience, and it puts it together to present a play which tells the audience about the deaf experience of what it's like to be a person who is deaf. Because that title is very apt, because deaf, it's this deaf character, this public speaker who deaf goes from place to place talking to the audience about, you know, lectures about deafness. So all the stories like to his experience in his life of being a, a person who, you know, talks about deafness. So it's really interesting because it's me, but it's not me at the same time. I'm borrowing these elements from the character that I created for that. I construct many different things put together, many different people, many different facets, all in one. So it's been an interesting experience for the globe. It's a great storytelling, so it really does like it is. <laughs> Great. Uh, Marinia, how about, how about your, well, the show that you're doing here is very much from your experience. You had, yeah. <laughs> we talked a little yesterday about it. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, I start, okay, because I am fresh here. I am, I'm living in Canada five years. I think now it's fifth year it's coming. And uh, I just start doing sh uh, my solo two years ago in 2018 about how I can find myself on, in a different country, in different culture, and far away from my family, from, far away from all of my experiences which I grew up and, and live with. And don't understand as well uh, what people talking to me that much because my English wasn't great. <laughs> 
And yeah, and that's how I started create the thing two years ago, and now become a serious thing. <laughs> like, uh, like become like kind of I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have words now for that <laughs> to describe what it is. But yes, my experience, it's more about how I start living in different country and, uh, and start being in this, in this situation. To, like the, the first thing was really like, like open my eyes. It's like, oh my god, everyone here is so polite and nice. Like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> But it's it's just um, yeah Poland it's not that open <laughs> maybe this is why but yeah yeah and how I can find myself with this kind of situation and all of the things you can find in my piece I hope mm -hmm. yeah. um, and Nazra you're uh, we spoke a little bit yesterday about something new that you're working on um, the EP or or whichever you wanted to talk about yeah uh, uh, so I've been making music and kind of figuring out what the relationship between um, my relationship to language that's been developing in terms of being a spoken word poet and a writer and um, but also uh, being a singer and a dancer and an actor first and foremost and um, wanting to make music that I can that will lift me that will connect me um, and will have that poetic aspect but won't won't uh, won't make me be in my head so much um and so this album this ep i've been working on it for like two years um and i say that with love so you're supposed to have a time limit right once you start it's like maybe what a year once once you move from that there's this kind of shame that starts to build up so i'm trying to really release myself from that, but salve, or salve, um, as in the bomb, is um, kind of what this album, it's what the, the title of this project is, and it's been about um, marrying my reconnection and reestablishment with um, my indigenous practices of Oromo from Ethiopia, and um, uh, our relationship to herbs and herb medicine, and, um, ooh, they're joining, friends. Ooh. Um, <laughs> call my ancestors in. Um, and uh, the, the reconnection to the earth and the medicine that lives inside of us, uh, kind of redeveloping a relationship with myself and um, seeing how that is mirrored in these practices that I'm also trying to um, remember and, and, and um, ground for myself. Um, being a spoken word poet, uh, initially, especially when you're a competitor um, in like slam, slams and things like that, you have three minutes to uh, give the audience a way into your life, show them uh, how you, what you've been exploring in that, and then tie it up without leaving them feeling bled dry or emotionally raw or um, exploited or any of that. So it kind of creates an environment where you have to get to your personal experience right away. Otherwise, nobody really believes you or wants to buy in. Um, so that's been my overall experience with uh, creating art from my personal experience. Uh, and the album right now is kind of how I'm 
trying to do that. Do that, yeah. Um, just to kind of jump on what you what you were just talking about um, in terms of bringing yourself really to the forefront of what you're of what you're presenting. What are some of the hazards of sharing really personal stories and say even putting yourself as a character or yourself as the um, as the presenter um, of those stories? And and how do you protect yourself uh, in in those circumstances? Do you want to start us off, maybe? <laughs> sure, thank you. Um, uh, when I, uh, I, the other play, which I mentioned before, was about pride. And um, I performed it just recently at New Westminster at the Massey Theatre on the stage. Uh, as part of the promo, there was an ad put in the van No, it was actually the Vancouver Sun itself featured two uh, shows for the weekend that were the, their top picks for the weekend. I being one of them, me draped in a pride flag, the other Scott Thompson from the Kids in the Hall. I thought, I've made it. I've arrived. <laughs> um, finally, after, you know, 35 years or something. At any rate, um, I performed that show for three performances, I think, and after the performances, the producer, who's a friend of mine, said, can we talk? And I said, sure. She said, uh, we received a letter from someone. And I said, oh, okay. I said, everyone's a critic. And she said, yeah, and laughed oddly. I said, can I see the letter? She said, no, it's with the police. And I said, okay, what about that letter? She said, the police want to talk to you. Would you uh, uh, agree to speak with them? Which I did. Uh, a very handsome <laughs> cop from the Midwest police came and talked to me. And uh, he said, it was a death threat. I had received a death threat. Someone had cut that article out of the newspaper and scrawled all sorts of vile, 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 vile things across it. He said, have you seen it? I said, no. He said, would you like to? I said, yes. When I saw it, it devastated me. I said, what can I do? He said, not much. Just be more careful. More careful. What does that mean? What the hell does yeah. that mean? I am and have always been openly gay. I think it's the only way we'll ever get forward. Harvey Milk said it best. You know, come out of the closet. It's the only way we're ever going to get anywhere. I don't know what I do about that. It, it was very hard on me. It's not easy. But especially given where we are in our country and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, how do I deal with it? I just deal with it. I said to the policemen, I was, they were very respectful. I must, I have to tell you, it's a different world. I was never judged by him. What he was saying to me was, we believe you, we're on your side, we're gonna try and find this person. However, I said, um, I said, I'm glad I don't live in America. He said, yeah, that's really true, isn't it? I don't change. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. I don't know. Am I going to get shot? I hope not. I don't want that to happen at all. That's not what I'm out for. And I'm not going to put a bulletproof case in front of me or anything like that. Uh, because whoever that person was wins. Mm. They're not going to win. I'm not going to go back in the closet, and I'm not going to say, not tell my truth, because by telling my truth, you will share your truth with me, and we'll move forward. We'll understand each other as humans. And that's what this is about. That's what theater, I think, is about, is understanding and communicating who we are, and seeing other people's stories, or our people's stories on stage. I think it's great to be at this festival and see that there's so many people's stories being told on stage, and people recognizing their stories, and that means the world to them, because we exist when we see our stories told. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm going to keep existing. Yeah. Great. Um, 
Does anyone else want to jump on that? Some of the hazards of personal, uh, too, so much personal sharing? <laughs> Being a person who is deaf, when I play deaf characters and I talk about deaf stories on things, sometimes I'm confused for the stories that I tell with actually who I am. So for example, in Daffy, in the character is a best friend, and the best friend decides to get a cookie implant. And that character is very against that. He thinks that by getting a cookie implant, it's going to corrupt him, and it's going to be changed him into a hearing person. That is a terrible thing. But in reality, I wouldn't want to be about cochlear implants. If a person is a grown-up and if they want to make that decision to have a cochlear implant, fantastic, go get That's your decision, of course, I support that. But for the purposes of my play, I wanted to create a conflict between the two characters. So that the character who gets an implant is, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you changing yourself from being a deaf person into a hearing person? was important for the purposes of play. Also, all the ideas that I present on the stage, the stories that I tell, it's in some sense, some telling stories which are kind of related to my life. But at the same time, it's not me. I'm just pulling together things from different sources. That's my own life. So important to keep that distinction between what the character's ideas are, what my personal ideas are. So that's that separation between but of course, many people may misunderstand and may think that he says Chris's story, as I says, Chris has ideas, he experienced all these things. This is him on stage, but it's a construct, it's a, a character who serves a purpose to tell the story, to move the story forward. So, I'm sure many other actors have that that thinks up to me sometimes to separate something the characters they play and who they are in real life. Like I mentioned in the past, I got called an asshole. <laughs> and that was because that character was called to a person. I went to bring a play called Alter Sound at the Gitter Pass, Morale and Toronto. That character was... Well... Did some not make things. I mean, he had good intentions and get reason for doing what he wanted, but he gained it when it wasn't the right choices. So, women, I met a woman after the play was done, and it grew from a friend that when this person had been watching the play, right there, I just said, Oh, that asshole, I take that guy. <laughs> so then, about a year later, I meet the same woman, Oh, that sad person, said, Hello, my name's asshole. <laughs> 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 Whenever we have a with that. Yeah, there we go. Um, Nasha, do you want to jump on that one? I, we, I know we had chatted a little bit about the hazards, too. <laughs> yeah, man, my whole life is a hazard. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and, like, that's why it's so important that I put myself at the front. Um, and my truth at the front, and my needs at the front, and my intuition at the front, because I know that uh, living 
under, like there, there's a, a Solange Knowles, the God, has a line um, from her latest album um, where she repeats their, um, oh, this is not Solange, I lied, Jamila Woods. She repeats, there must be a reason why. Um, and she's talking about uh, the kind of exhaustion that black women face. Um, she's black American. Our experiences mirror each other. Um, and and that, that idea that there must be a reason why, that um, I am living at the intersections of so many different um, exploitation points where there's, there's I have to, I have to um, engage with it with curiosity, and 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 um, I need to study history and um, uh, a, a way to ground myself in like, like when we actually start to think about these systems that we talk about, like that they're in the room right now, that they're in our bodies, that they molded us, that they create how we think and why we move, and, and, and at least they, um, that they're alive. Uh, holding the grief and the pain and the, the, um, the weight of that, even for like 30 seconds, right? That moment where you're like, this is, this is what the world, this is what one person thought. And that shows you that that must be true in such a larger sense. And when you know, um, sorry, I'm in a ramble, but the, I think for, for me as a African indigenous person, as a non-binary person, as a queer person, as a visibly black person, um, and as a Muslim person, all these, all these things are, are things that I was given, right? Um, who I am is not a part of the conversation. Who I am, who I decide to be, is not so much a part of the conversation. So putting that at the front and being like, I'm all these things, and I'm this, and I'm this, and I'm this, the point we were talking about where I, where it gets confusing, where it gets hard to kind of pin me down, um, because I'm always breaking some rule about how it is to be, um, and being honest about that, and being honest about how many people like me are alive right now, and, um, I think that's my job, that's how I protect myself because it's exactly what you said in being honest about that truth and then someone else being like, oh, me too. Oh, I didn't know you could be those things all together. Oh, I didn't know you could be black and gay. Oh, I didn't know that, that you could be Muslim and gay. Oh, I didn't know. These are very like moments where I had to come to that because I saw someone else. I heard someone else's story. Someone else was existing in their fullness. And I was able to be like, oh shit, I didn't know that was a thing I could do. Well then let, let me jump on. <laughs> you know? And um, um and I and I protect myself um by studying, by studying, by studying, by researching, um, and by learning about who has done it like me, who has looked like me and done it like me over and over and over again, and seen beautiful success and had full lives. Um, and that's a lot of work I'm not getting paid for. <laughs> uh, a lot of work I'm not getting paid for. <laughs> just, to, just to remember that I deserve to be here, yeah. right? Um, that I exist, that, that we exist. Um, 
and and uh, and I do it with the spiritual work, with emotional work, with with work that is the I and I, <laughs> uh, figuring out why I'm triggered, why I'm moving certain ways, why I react, and, and understanding how it's really never been my fault. Um, and I just move this way because I've been taught to move this way and think this way. Um, and so I protect myself with information, with like, facts, um, and finding those can be exhaustive and so hard to do. Um, but I hope by being open and shiny enough. Uh, it's gonna be harder to erase me. <laughs> the, I was here. Chinook says so. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, to maybe you've, you've each of you have touched on this a little bit about sort of the tension between putting yourself on stage, but also what you represent, um, and maybe what the assumptions that people are making about what and the, uh, community that you may represent. Um, so how do you deal with that tension and how do you either stay true to yourself or, or acknowledge the community? What's, what's the priority for you? Mm -hmm. I, I think, yes, be, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jump in, whatever. Yeah, gonna, here we go. I, I think I present myself on stage. I have played umpteen number of characters, uh, of created characters that were not me, that were so far away from me that it's impossible to think I'm the one. Although people think, oh, that man, Alan Morgan, I saw him, he's a bastard. I wouldn't have anything to do with him. Everybody goes, you don't know him, because that's not who he is. So on stage in both of these shows that I've talked about so far, that both of the ones that I've written, it really is me. It's me. It's the things I believe in. It's the things that I think are really important to move society forward. Um, and I get behind them in that way. And so that's, it's me. And if you can't accept that, then you can't accept me. I don't know. But that's what, how I, that's how I roll. Um, I think it's really important that uh, community and sense of community are brought to the forefront. Those are things that create all of us. I think holding other people up and put, helping them forward. I think that unions exist to help not only those people that are members of that union, but to turn around and help people behind them on the steps, the lower steps of late 20th and 21st century capitalism, which are ruining this world. Um, so that's, uh, I'm behind it 100%. I will not, not be behind it. Maybe in my next show, I'll play a character. Within the confines of my shows, though, I do present sort of different characters. I play, um, you know, people that are in the union that I'm representing and talking. I use vocal ways to do that and stuff like that. But basically, the ideals and ideas that I propose and shoot out into the universe are ones that I think really need to be out in the universe and they need to be reinforced and I'll look for allies to uh, join me. Not looking for people to shoot me, <laughs> but we have, to, we have to just say, no, you can't do that. This is what we can do. Okay. Move forward. Mm -hmm. Draw the circle wide. <laughs> Draw it wider still. Yeah. <laughs> Chris? Mm -hmm. I agree with what Ellen said. Myself, I don't represent the deaf community. I've never considered myself to be a representative. I'm a person who works in the community, who is part of it, but I don't represent them. I'm not, uh, you know, an archetype or uh, a person who is a representative of the community. I'm just myself, a person who is deaf. 
Marenia, how about you? <laughs> oh yeah, I I am hundred percent myself on the stage, and all of the attitude, all of the character, who I am, it's there, and you can see that that's like it's from A to Z. All of the all of the things are there, and to make more truly traditional Polish uh, village girl on the stage, I just using um, Polish words and Polish songs, traditional village Polish songs about the girl which is behind, across the ocean and someone is waiting for her, like she's waiting for someone, but if someone is coming or not coming, how her life is going around this, this old circle. And uh, yeah, but I am myself. I am not pretending anyone. And as well, I want to say something um, on the previous question, which I like. It's kind of, I think, what, I, what how I start feeling when I first came to Canada. It's everyone is open and nice and welcome me like a person. But but as well in this artistic community, I didn't feel welcome enough, like me, outsider. I was like, yeah, nice to see you, fun, you are here, but just uh, bye. Like, you know, it was like straight wall in between me and those people, and, and I am like, but I am like you. <laughs> Hey, all we lost a minute or two of tape here um, due to some uh, just a technical snafu. Um, but luckily, the uh, Chinook technicians jumped right on it right away. And we were able to catch the last the last few minutes of the panel as well. Um, the artists here, once we jump back in, are still speaking to the idea of um, reconciling their individual experience, but also re uh, um, as part of representing a community in some way. Um, and when we jump back in, um, Alan Morgan is answering the final question that we asked as part of the panel, which was, what advice may you have to give to um, emerging or younger artists that are aspiring to, or that are wanting to tell um, their lived experience and stories in personal ways on stage? Um, and so we'll jump back in right now. I read a great quote the other day that said, every time an older person dies, an entire library burns down with them. And I believe that strongly. To that end, I'm working with um, gay and lesbian people and to write their stories down so that they can be told. If we lose those stories, I, am, I, I agree with Nazra. I, I am more than just a gay man. I am more than that. There's many aspects to me, as we all have many aspects to us. But um, I'm working with them because those stories are really important. This is a singular generation in the history of the world where they have one foot in the uh, American psychiatry who called us mental 
we were mentally ill to a place where the Prime Minister apologizes on behalf of the country for having what they did to us in the time uh, during this time. Mm. It's a huge generation and it's a huge full of stories. I think everyone has a story. Write your story down. Tell your story. Take the time to write it. Go to a writing class, anything. But your story is important. It really is important. It's a part and illuminates the human condition and your belief or your feelings about it are your truth is important. It's just bloody important. We're so lucky that we live at a time right now where the theater is opening up. Cracks are showing. And this, the Deaf Festival here is fantastic. It's like, and, and Black uh, Arts Matter here is fantastic. That this wonderful person here has come to this country and is sharing her story with you all is really in vitally important. So I just say, write, tell your stories. Don't be afraid to do that, please. Don't let them perish. And they will help you by telling your stories. I swear to God it will help you to tell, but tell your stories. I know it's helped me. Great, great, yeah. Um, Chris, do you want to take, take it off, or shall we change up the order a bit? I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to top that out. But I just want to mention four my own first, first sound fits in sense and follow the friends format. Right, I find it's bringing whatever they want. I don't censor it, I don't dirty it, I don't tell them you can't do that, you need to do this. I just leave it up to them what they want to present to the audience, what stories they want to tell, how they want to tell it, if they want to do something controversial or strong or emotional or we have a lot of wonderful stories that have happened along the stages over the years, some of them very um, heartfelt and backing. And of course, I give that up to them, to what content they would bring, because they want the deaf order to present their own stories, to tell the audience their ideas, their feelings, emotional impact, things that have, have happened to them because they are deaf. So that's the whole point for, in a sense, for my festival, for allowing the order to tell their stories. That's really important to me. So I don't really want to be in that business when you decide, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. Let them decide for themselves what they feel is appropriate. Great. Yeah. I will be really short. Just believe in your story. If you not believe in your story, then the story never happen. Just believe that you're worth it, that you're important, and just make this happen. Just do it. That's, you know, just, just do it. Just do it. Um. <laughs> I think it's um, it's a it's a communal thing. It's a it's about relations because it's your relationship with yourself. Um, but I know a huge part for me was I had to believe that there could even be a space where I could say the true thing um, and be loved afterwards, right? Like that that. Um, there are so many, so many things out there uh, telling you what will happen and in the negative light, the consequences of like being honest, of, of fighting back, right? We're working against, like I'm saying, I don't agree with the government of, my, of the country I live in, 
the government <laughs> and I'm supposed to, right? And, 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 um, and so where, where do I tell these stories? Where, who's making it safe for me to tell these stories? Who is, who, how, what do I even need to tell my story? To feel like, to get it out of my throat? Like what, what do I actually need um, at the root level to feel like I can do that? Um, because there is there are, there's degrees of privilege, right? Of the ease of that, of the ease of being able to take up space and say, "This is about me. Th you need to listen to me. You're gonna listen to me for 45 minutes." <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> just to just to believe in that the idea, um, it takes. Like, like steps, therapy, you know what I mean? Like, and communal therapy, therapy that is about re-evaluating the systems that we live in and the values that we say we're upholding as a community. It can't be only my job to tell my story. People need to require it of me. People need to make space for me to tell my story. People need to say, actually, I haven't heard from you in a while, and, and, I'm, and I'm curious and I'm worried about you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not only the artist's job. So I think building a community of people and, and, and looking at alternative sources of healing, of, of building a new relationship with yourself where you tell yourself that you're worthy starts there. But I need a whole slew of systems to change before I feel super comfortable la-di-da being out here and saying I'm all these things because we're dying. We're dying. Right? Here in Edmonton, black trans queer people are being attacked here in Edmonton, are being doxxed. All their information, their address, their phone numbers are being put up online. And there are Nazis coming for them, hunting down my friends. And I know I said I'd be short, but I gotta be real rap raw with it. And this is what it is. So when we talk about telling your story, that's great and all, but we need to talk with the depths of it. And I need us to be transparent as hell about it. Because it's not just my job. Because it wasn't just my job. It wasn't only me that made it so hard for me to tell my story in the first place. Mm -hmm. Coming from the other side. Yeah. All right. So, so I think, thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to say also that it's, it's, it's important to tell your story because if you don't tell your story, someone else will tell your story for you and they win. They win. In my case, it was a union that treated me like shit. And they won a battle. But however, I have won the war. Because I'm here tonight telling that story of their dastardly ways. And they're back in their union being as awful as they can be. But I'm standing there like Norma Way with this up above going, no, this is what happened. You can't treat humans like this. You are a union. You and it's so we have to tell our stories because the victor tells the stories. And it's too long the victor has been the other people, the people of more privilege than us. And we need to tell them. Sorry. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm game. So you, you heard the advice. You just have to go tell your story now. Just do it. Not to me. I'm... <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, thank you all so much for joining us for this conversation. And thank you to our panel. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
Um, thank you to Workshop West and to Fringe Theater Adventures and to the Chinook Series organizers, everyone, to our technicians, um, and to uh, if you if you want to check out the podcast, it's um, and to our interpreters as well. Um, there's a whole team of them. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> uh, and uh, also, um, if you want to check out the podcast, you can go to I don't get it yeg.com. Enjoy the rest of Chinook. Um, thank you all again. Um, have a good night. Go see some shows. This episode of I Don't Get It is brought to you by Skirts of Fire, a festival that features the work of women in the arts. This year's festival is bigger than ever before. Among the highlights are shows at the ATB Arts Barns, the Station on Jasper, and the Nook Cafe, plus music, dance, drumming, and performances all along Alberta Avenue. Plus, our friends at Skirts of Fire are offering $5 off tickets to their main stage show, The Blue Hour. I Don't Get It listeners can purchase tickets via the Fringe Theatre box office and use the code PANEL5 at checkout. We'll include the info for this in our show notes. Skirts of Fire takes place from February 27th to March 8th. Get your tickets today at skirtsoffire.com. And you can also catch us at our next live episode uh, on March 1st uh, with a discussion on the Blue Hour. Um, and, and that'll be at the ATB Arts Barns as well. Artists are often underserved at banks because they don't fit a typical profile. Theater professionals like Michael and Nicole Bradley kept getting turned down when they applied for a mortgage. Then they found ATB's branch for arts and culture. The branch offers a different approach to banking and lending that caters to the unique situations of people working in creative industries. Now Michael, Nicole, and their son Luke have a home they love. To see more of their inspiring story, visit atb.com bradleys and visit atb.com the branch to find out how ATB's branch for arts and culture can support your career in the arts. All right, everyone. So um, that was our event. Thank you for all who were there, who joined us. Um, and uh, yeah, for all of you who have tuned in thereafter, we hope you had uh, we hope you had a good time. All right. Um, well, there's lots happening. Um, the Invisible Agents of Ungentlemanly Warfare is running at, ca- at uh, the Citadel. It's a Catalyst Theater production until February 23rd. Um, Every Brilliant Thing also runs one more week at the Citadel until February 23rd. Go see that show. Um, As You Like It starts up next week. It runs until March 15th at the Citadel as well. And Alberta Ballet's Unleashed is um, coming up this next weekend here. And uh, which should be actually really cool. I think Um, I love those mixed bill shows. They're a great way to see a lot of different choreography. Um, So yeah, I'll leave it at that for now, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you're having a great week. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta, in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenov. 